the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the CHSL Preview, presented by Siena Heights University. Tonight, we get you ready for the Patriot Detroit's coverage of the Catholic High School Football League. Now, here's Jeremy Otto. Welcome, everyone, to our Patriot Studios here in Ferndale, Michigan. So glad you could tune in. This officially will be our last time that I broadcast the studios, at least. We're looking forward to getting ready and out to all the fine Catholic high school league games this season. And if you missed our last couple preview shows, you can catch us on the archives on our podcast section of our website. We have a Catholic high school league game of the week site there as well that you can check out and preview everything for this season. You can also follow us at CHSL on WDTK. Once again, that's at CHSL on WDTK. We really encourage you to follow us there and then retweet our content. Certainly if we tag you in something as a school or a coach or an athlete, we appreciate if you guys share that as well because that's a big way that we're able to get our name out there and that we're doing these games out there. And If somebody doesn't know that we're covering their game and they can't make it, certainly share that with your grandparents and whoever else fandom around the schools as well that would be interested in tracking these games. We're really excited about our week one slate this year. Once again, I think for the third or fourth consecutive season, we are covering two games week one on Thursday with a 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock kick. It'll be Catholic Central in Chippewa Valley. Already talked with Dan Anderson at Catholic Central in our first episode, so rewind to that. They're very young this year, but that's just one of those programs. CC Orchard, like most of the Central Division schools, you just expect them to reload. I mean, the the lower levels of those schools, they're just football powerhouses. They know how to develop their talents, and it's always fun to, you know, see what they do in, in terms of transitioning to a new quarterback, as Catholic Central will. And, you know, oh, Catholic Central quarterback, maybe that's not as important in the past, but, yes, that, that's a very important piece of what CC does. And we'll see what Orchard Lake St. Mary's does this year as well. We're going to talk to one of our guests about them here today because they've now, you know, kind of regime changed. George Port, the longtime head coach, part of 
you know, I think kind of that Mount Rushmore of Central Division coaches has since come and gone. He's retired. Uh, also the longtime athletic director and basketball coach in the past. That They have a guy that's been in the program that's now taken over in Jermaine Gonzalez. He's the new athletic director as well. But you never really know what direction, you know, programs will take. I think the new way of doing things, we saw so much running in the Catholic League over its fine history, and that's how a lot of teams flourished. And, and we've talked about it with guests in the past. Hey, th- there's something to be said about knowing that the run is coming with three in the backfield but still can't stop it. I mean, that was that was something that's so interesting and so fascinating to see these teams do for so long, but now you're kind of seeing the transition away from that. Each program or program as the head coach retires and a new regime comes in, and it, it seems like there's been a bit more turnover as well just in the coaching realm in the last 10 years, and we, we've seen it, in a long, seen it in a long, long time here in the Catholic League. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, and talk about a lot more Really nice line of guests here today as well. I wanted to dive into the media side of things with Matt Mowry as well. He's the Oakland Press's top sports boss over there. So he'll be first. Garrett Wenzelberger over at Lutheran North. Excited to talk to him and kind of a reloaded Lutheran North squad this year. Terrence Sims, a brand new face over at Detroit Loyola. And John Robinson will wrap things up from Father Gabriel Richard. He's in his second year coming over from the college ranks. So once again, if you're listening right now and you know that one of those fine guests are coming up, we just sent out a tweet here at the top of the hour at CHSL on WDTK. Do us a favor, retweet that, maybe share it with some other people who want to listen here today. And if they can't listen right now, they can certainly catch it on the archives as well. Let's kick this thing off. Matt Mowry from the Oakland Press is next here on the Patriots. Stick with us. Bishop Foley Catholic is a co-ed college preparatory high school with a strong Catholic identity and long-standing traditions. Our students thrive spiritually, in the classroom, on the field, in the community. Bishop Foley Catholic is a family. We are proud of our 57 CHSL championships and 19 state championships. Go Ventures! We have always believed that every child learns differently, so we develop individualized plans for each student. This year, we are delivering educational support in every possible way, in person, in our center, or at your home and virtually. Any subject, any grade, anywhere. The Student Connection, uniquely designed for success. TheStudentConnect.com This is the CHSL Football Preview, presented by Siena Heights University on the Patriot. I was so glad you could tune in to the third of three preview shows here today. We've had some really good content this year, and something that you know we're proud of as well is this very show last year won a award for the Michigan Association of Broadcasters, it was a merit award, so did our full production of Catholic High School League Football Game of the Week. This is year nine of our fine Game of the Week, so we're excited to kick that off here today. I'm Jeremy Otto, your host, Luke Hammett, behind the glass here today, kind of navigating our guests and all the ones and twos. Glad to have him back for this season as well. I'm glad to have Matt Mowry on the line from the Oakland Press. Matt, how are you? Good, Jeremy. How are you doing? 
Doing well. Are you somewhere where it, it feels like a bit more like fall? I feel like we're still in the summer mode right now. So you in the air conditioning, just kind of pretending we're we're sitting sideline by sideline here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in the dark with uh, a <laughs> big stadium lights over top of me in the air conditioning, so it feels like October. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't really feel like football weather, and that, yeah, a lot of times, like that first couple of weeks, it's just a little little weird when you're standing there on the sidelines you know have to put sunscreen on like you're covering baseball <laughs> and you're you know sweating out every pore in your body but uh it, it'll be here soon enough and i think once we get there usually then it's like oh man where'd the warm weather go exactly I, I feel like we're always complaining oh we're too hot in the press box week one and then when you don't have a press box week nine it's like where's the press box we need the press box right but uh you know a lot to get to with you here today and, and kind of want to take an over-encompassing um, role on, on some of the teams you cover for the Oakland Press. But I guess, first off, who, who are you looking forward to seeing this year in the Catholic League? Well, I, I know you were talking about it a little bit before I came on the air, uh, just the kind of the transition at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I think that's going to be the interesting one to watch because, like you mentioned, it, a lot of these teams – you know, we we kind of remember the CHSL Central back in the day being kind of so much ground and pound like the old school Big Ten or even, you know, on a lower level like the MAC was for so long. And then the MAC kind of figured, you know, hey, the, win, the way you win in this league is by spreading it out. And that's kind of happened in the CHSL. I think it happened a little bit more at the lower levels first with some of the smaller schools you know, trying to kind of figure out how to best utilize their talent. But I know even last year with, with the Eaglets, they would kind of morph back and forth between a, a real tight formation, and they had those two big tight ends, um, DeGorian Temple that ended up at, uh, at, at Central at one of, the, one of the ends. And then they would, you know, split everybody out wide, and then they would go tight. And, and I think you're going to see less of the tight formation with the Eaglets this year, and they're going to they're gonna really kind of open it up. And they've got some athletes there. I know one of the guys that I'm interested to see how he plays this year, and we've known him more for baseball, is Ryan Mooney, who is the, one of the outfielders for that uh, incredible Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball team. You know, he's been <clears throat> just testing out of his mind at some of these football camps, ran a four two eight forty and and football coaches kind of kind of went, Whoa. <laughs> and so now he's been getting division one football offers. He's already committed to Notre Dame for baseball, but it it'll be interesting to see how they utilize speed like that this year on that red turf. They've got a guy in, in Braden Layden who can really spread the ball around kind of a a dual threat quarterback there. And I think you're going to see a lot more spread out wide from the Eaglets this year in the first year under Jermaine Gonzalez. Talking with Matt Maurer at the Oakland press um, recently took over, you know, kind of their full-time sports role a year ago here today. Um, as we look at some of the other teams in that central division as well, and I know you don't have every team under your radar, but Catholic central, another one that you do, um, they're in an interesting transition mode. They um, obviously have the same head coach as last year and for the last few years since Tom Mack retired, but their quarterback is is kind of up for grabs. What are you hearing there? Yeah, they, they played a couple of, of – obviously they had a, a senior last year, Declan Bile, who was a very good one. I know the couple of times that I saw them last year, they managed to get in a couple of their youngsters – 
um, to, to kind of get them some experience. And, and that's another team that's kind of been aiming toward that transition of opening it up. I mean, we always thought of, you know, back in the Tom Mac days, you know, it's kind of the ground and pound and the hammer and the wham play and all of that kind of stuff. They were the, the quintessential, you know, embodiment of that. And then a couple of years ago, they really decided they kind of wanted to, to open it up a little more. And they have, this year, it may end up being, you know, with those a couple of youngsters that they have, you know, under center and behind a line that's not got a lot of experience that's pretty green. You mentioned that a, a couple minutes ago, too, that it's the younger Catholic Central team than we've seen in a little while, and a lot of that inexperience is on both of the lines. They've got a couple of really good running backs in Evan Hager, you know, the Alabama baseball commit and Spencer Lyons, you may see them kind of go back just from a comfort zone standpoint a little more to ground and pound early in the season until they kind of figure out what's going on with those lines. And, and it's Catholic Central, as you said, they kind of reload, but that schedule this year just looks murderous. I mean, with, you know, Chippewa Valley and DeWitt and Davison on the schedule before you even get to the Central Division, it's going to be kind of a, a prove it real fast kind of a, a year for Catholic Central this year, kind of getting those young kids up to speed. The bonus is that they do have the real good running backs to lean on, and they've got a, a defensive core at least with guys like, you know, Braden Corser and Beckler Hauser and, and Javon Massey and then Jack Davis at free safety. They've got some veterans on defense that will kind of hold them together, but uh, it's going to be, you know, th there's going to be a steep learning curve at, at Catholic Central this year, kind of figuring out, you know, where where pieces go. And it's, it's not a position that we're as used to seeing that program in year after year they're they're kind of one of those like you said just kind of plug in the new guys and, and keep rolling you know so it'll be interesting to see how they they kind of handle that transition early sticking with the bigger division brother rice uh certainly an interesting um storyline coming into this year i i think maybe frustrating is the right word in the last three or four years for them in terms of the playoffs i mean that they set up versus mason that's a team you'd think they'd beat Last year, we covered it on our air, one of the crazier games I think we've ever covered. But but that's a Brother Rice team that thought they would probably rally a bit further, don't you think? Yeah, and it's been the expectation. I mean, we talk about that all the time with, with most of the Catholic League teams. They have, all of them have the same expectations. Win the Catholic League, win the state title. And, and that never changes for Brother Rice, I mean, regardless of, of, of who the players are and, and what particular, you know, year it happens to be i think last year they thought they had kind of the formula maybe to to make a a deeper run happen i know that mason team was was kind of an underdog and, and you said like you said you broadcast that game that was a mason team that i know in a lot of different sports had a real good senior class that was coming through and so yeah every once in a while you get those teams that you go huh maybe didn't think that was going to happen this year's Brother Rice team has kind of the same formula. They've got Nolan Ray back, and I know uh, I mentioned this last year. Orchard Lake St. Mary's in particular will be glad when Nolan Ray graduates because he has torn them up over the last couple of years. Did it again in the playoffs, did it in the regular season. Uh, and they're going to have to lean on him again because 
I thought the way you were going to go with the frustrating storyline with Brother Rice was their quarterback situation because it just seems like no matter who they think they're going to have under center every you know going into a particular year it doesn't work out they they kind of had the same situation going into last year found a couple of guys that they were able to lean on Hunter Plonky was one of them that played a lot he's also a, a very good look, lacrosse player and obviously that's a you know a, a stellar lacrosse program at Brother Rice and that's kind of the direction he's going to go this fall. So they're kind of scrambling again to figure out who's going to be handing the ball off to to uh, to Nolan Ray. It's a defense that that also might be transitioning just a little bit from what the coaches told me earlier earlier on. You know, as training camp was opening, that they were you know kind of trying to to mesh their personnel that they have on 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 site with the the you know, kind of the formation they want to run. So they might be, you know, they've usually traditionally been kind of a 3-4 team. They might be running a four-down line, you know, kind of a scheme. And so there may be a little bit of a learning curve there. But obviously, Brother Rice is another place where you've got, you know, kids all over the place that, that can play ball. You've got Eric Scottery who's going to uh, to the Boston College. You've got Ben Ack in the, and, you know, in the in the – Secondary, you've got Andrew Labar, Sam Klein, Andrew Cage. You know, guys, you've got lots of guys back from last year's defense. So it may just be a that kind of learning curve for them may just be kind of adjusting to whatever scheme they want to run this year. But you've definitely got veterans there, and I think the biggest question mark for them is going to be identifying that quarterback and being able to take some of the attention off Nolan, so they can't you know kind of gang up on him and put nine guys in the box talking with Matt Mowry here at the Oakland press about you know kind of the whole encompassing picture of the Catholic high school league this year one revolving door in terms of coaches it seems has been Waterford or Lady of the Lakes they have another new one this year what do you see in their program this year well yeah Chris Snary and and I I like the fact that what they usually do is they they tend to bring back alumni to to coach because those guys are kind of the connection to the past, the connection to you know Mike Boyd and all those years of I think they made the playoffs 27 times in a 29 year span from 1990 to 2017, whenever that that streak was snapped. It's been a little rougher over the last couple of years. You know they've had some guys who have have come in and and haven't been able to get the performance out of them you know that, that they've maybe had and, and Chris Snary is is the the first year coach this year he was on on the staff last year uh so he knows the kids you're not getting kind of that you know I got to figure out what these kids names are before we we start training camp kind of feeling he, he's got the familiarity he's obviously he was a like I said he was a 2001 grad so he's kind of got that connection to the past his biggest hurdle is going to be kind of reconnecting them with that past and with the, you know, the tradition there at Lakes. I mean, I think they went one and eight last year, and and I I believe they went they zero and seven the year before that. The last two seasons have been hard. They've been playing a lot of youngsters. I I believe um, a couple of years ago they they played uh, six freshmen and nine sophomores in, in 2020. So, you know, they kind of were taking their lumps with that group. Those kids are now the juniors and seniors. 
for them, it's not going to be the experience as much as it is just kind of that remembering what it takes, you know, to to win. And and that's what what Snerry told me when we talked earlier in the in the uh, preseason was kind of that he just he kind of reminded them of what the past at Lakes was like and 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 how much, you know, the fact that it's you can do that here, you can win, you can have you know, a state title contender here at Waterford Ivy League the Lakes. It's it's not impossible. I think the interesting contrast has always been, you know, they, for years, uh, Lakes and, and Clarkson and Everest Collegiate were a co-op program, and Everest kind of broke away 10 years ago and has been, you know, quickly evolving into a small school powerhouse on the D8 level, and they've been knocking on the door of maybe being – you know, a state championship kind of team and lakes, the one that was kind of the big brother program when, when Everest was first opening up and, and kind of getting its feet has been the one that stumbled a little bit over the last, you know, decade. Certainly it's been, you know, the biggest struggle has been in the last couple of years, but it's not been an incredibly successful like decade for, for lakes since they split away from, from Everest. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. I know, like I said, Snary knows that it's possible to win at Lakes. It's just kind of getting those kids convinced that, that it's doable. We kind of stole my last question there about Everest Collegiate, but I guess real quick, about 30 seconds left in, in this first segment. But uh, you kind of root for them, don't you? Just just based off what they've come from grassroots, I mean, barely being able to field the team, now to numbers of 30 to 35. Yeah, this is the biggest team they've had uh, since uh, Mike Rusnicki has, has kind of had the standalone program at Everest. And they really they have been steadily pushing that bar higher and higher every year. And the expectation now, I mean, really the only thing they haven't done with that program is win a state title. And you got to feel like it's coming. This is going to be a little bit of a younger team. They've graduated a lot of those kids that kind of pushed them to the semis a couple years ago. But uh, it's one of those teams that they've got – you know, they, they graduated a lot of the skill guys from last year and from the year before that. Said, so it'll be filling in a little bit. But when you've got numbers like this and you're kind of building a program, that's kind of what you have to do. You just have to reload and go. Well, Matt, thanks so much for stopping by. I'm sure we'll see you out at the field soon here. Not a problem. We'll be looking forward to it. It's Matt Maurer of the Oakland Press. We'll have Garrett Wenzelberger of Lutheran North when we get back on the Patriots. Stick with us. We have always believed that every child learns differently, so we develop individualized plans for each student. This year, we are delivering educational support in every possible way, in person, in our center, or at your home and virtually. Any subject, any grade, anywhere. The Student Connection, uniquely designed for success. TheStudentConnect.com. I'm Grace, a senior at Mercy High School in Farmington Hills. Mercy is preparing me for college and for life. Mercy's excellent curriculum, including calculus and AP biology, is giving me the academic edge to attend a prestigious university. At Mercy, I am part of a sisterhood of students who help strengthen my faith. With a variety of sports and clubs, every student has a place here. Discover what it means to be a Mercy girl at our open house on Sunday, October 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. Visit us online at mhsmi.org. We are Mercy. You're listening to the CHSL Football Preview, presented by Siena Heights University. Now, back to Jeremy Otto. 
Another packed show here today. One guest down, three more to go. The rest, coaches going forward. Big thanks to Matt Lowry from the Oakland Press for joining us. Now on the line, we have Garrett Wenzelberger over at Lutheran High North. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here here today. Uh, I guess right off the bat, maybe a little bit of a bad taste in your guys' mouth coming into this year, considering how close that playoff game was last year. Yeah, yeah, we uh, <clears throat> had a great team last year and uh, finished six and three, but obviously uh, fell 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 short. Came up a little short there in the playoff game and in what was kind of a mud bowl, six nothing to Dundee. So uh, yeah, gives uh, gives us a little bit of motivation moving forward. Well, something that you know is indicative of kind of how your program will move going forward. The freshman and JV levels. We've heard it from a decent amount of coaches. JV for a lot of programs is a struggle. Well, for you guys, it's not. Yeah, we've been uh, fortunate, and 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 you know what's the you know, specific reason we've seen our JV numbers grow? I, I I don't know. I know our our school enrollment uh, is in a, is in a pretty good spot. We've kind of lived in that you know five fifty to six fifty range, and uh, uh, be uh, you know right around a little over six hundred again, but. Uh, um, yeah, so you know, about four years ago, we only had 35 guys playing. We had a, uh, a JV, uh, JV program, or excuse me, a varsity program only. Um, the last couple of years, we've had a JV of 25, 30, and, and it's continued to grow. And so this year, our JV level um, is probably going to have somewhere. I think you know today, today at practice, probably 38, 39, and, and still having a couple of freshmen kind of kind of come out. So yeah, our JV program, right around 40 kids, is in is in a very good spot and. Uh, and they've been successful. Um, you know, first couple of years we, we we revamped that JV, got them going again. You know, one and three, two and two, playing a small schedule last year, um, seven and one, and uh, and their only loss was to uh, a tough one, the Country Day, twenty-one nothing. Um, so JV is is in a good spot again. Your varsity schedule this year pretty impressive in its own right. I mean, obviously the the Catholic League powers that you have to play in division, but some tough non-division games as well. Yeah, we we hit the ground running. Um, you know, so first five teams were all playoff teams, um, and and a couple of them, you know, uh, five and four, six and three playoff teams, but a couple of them are pretty strong. Um, you know, I would say they're all strong, but uh, you know, South Lake, say Glacier South Lake was a playoff team. Um, we two Carlson um, from up in Saginaw, um, you know, they were a playoff team, and then and then Notre Dame Prep and uh, Clarenceville um, were both. Uh, going to be fantastic teams fantastic programs um weeks three and four and then and then we enter catholic league play with the uh you know prep bowl champion and conference champion from last year um coach barnes has a, has a great thing going over there at, uh, at bishop foley and, and there are our first games so those first five games of the season are are tough um so it'll be a good uh you know good way to measure you know kind of where we're at and, and hopefully uh set us up for for kind of the remaining part of the season as well Chatting here with Garrett Wenzelberger, the head coach at Lutheran High North. Obviously, you've been there for a number of years now, but an impressive list of coaches that you've added to your varsity roster this year, huh? Been fortunate to uh, to have a couple guys from the area um, join our staff. Uh, you know, some staples. Um, you know, Will Ebel is, is our defense coordinator. He's been here for, um, I think he's been coaching here now 30 years and uh, and did a great job with our defense. They gave up just about 13 points a game last season. Uh, but, but bringing in some coaches with some great pedigrees, um, you know, Coach Brad Morris, uh, who was uh, the offensive coordinator um, at, uh, at Dakota High School in, in 06 and 07 when they won their back-to-back Division One state championships um, and had some years where he coached at Eisenhower as well. 
um, in Chippewa and had success there. Uh, he's going to be engineering the offense this year. And then, uh, you know, with him, John DiGiorgio, who uh, um, has been coaching and, and engineered, uh, you know, Eisenhower's offense from you know, 2015 to 2020 uh, range, took him to state semifinals, a couple undefeated seasons. Um, he's he's going to be uh, running the special teams and then kind of helping out uh, on the offensive defense, defensive side of the ball and also had quite the career. I mean, played three years with Buffalo Bills and, uh, um, so he brings with him a wealth of knowledge. So some guys who uh, who bring with them quite the pedigree. So we're we're excited. We're excited to have them. I know physically you guys were pretty big last year. That that might be a little bit of a challenge for you this year. I guess does that change scheme wise what you're trying to do? I know there's a lot of skill on, on the side of the ball, but you know what what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, you know it, 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 we uh, in previous years had looked at this team and gone, man, we're physically ready to go. Um, you know, but but we've 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 done some things in the weight room where last year we really had a big strong senior class, and uh, um, it's not that we're not strong, um, we're just not quite what we were last year. So we're we're, we're going to have to do some some different things. Um, obviously, offensively, we're going to do some different things. Having a new offensive coordinator, um, defensively, um, you know, our, our scheme is pretty successful. It's really just going to yeah try to try to funnel you know funnel the football to some of our better tacklers. Uh, I think we're still going to be good up front. Um, you know, it's just, it's just going to be, um, you know, we don't have maybe quite the size we did on the front seven um, like we did last year, uh, but that's all right. Uh, they, these guys, the, the thing they do have, we kind of went to a new defensive scheme last year. Uh, these guys have two years now of this scheme under their belt as opposed to last year's guys were, you know, physically they were they were big dudes, but, uh, you know, they were learning the scheme. So um, what we don't have in, in, in maybe the, the, the girth up front, um, we've got a little, you know, a little bit of experience up there with this scheme. So I think we're going to be all right. Garrett Wenzelberger on the line with us now from Lutheran North. Terrence Sims will come up in a little bit from Detroit Loyola, the fresh face for the Bulldogs. As we kind of look at you know some of your specifics in terms of personnel, Eddie Caesar, I know a guy you're looking forward to transitioning to quarterback this year. He played some slot receiver when he came up for you last year. I got I guess what went into that decision to make him QB? Well, you know, he's been the backup um, since he was a freshman, actually. Um, we pulled him up to varsity as a freshman in, in that shortened uh, COVID season. Um, played primarily on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but uh, but our quarterback, who graduated, Zach Zalewski, um, he kind of was injured on and off a little bit his, his junior and senior year. And so uh, Eddie's taken some snaps at, uh, at the quarterback position. Um, you know, even going back to his very first game as freshman year, he had to come in into the game in the third quarter. So he's been the backup quarterback. He provided us some some speed and athleticism at the slot receiver position. Um, but the reality is, we've 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 had him penciled in, uh, you know, as that uh, eventual starter, um, and, uh, and 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 now it's his time. So um, he's going to present some issues, uh, you know, for some teams, um, not just throwing the ball, running the football. Uh, real smart kid. Um, you know, hasn't had a ton of snaps at quarterback. Um, been more of a skill guy, even going back to his youth, youth football days. But uh, uh, he's a he's, he's a great uh, great athlete, and and uh, it'll be fun to kind of see him develop as a quarterback. Um, I think he's going to do a great job. Yeah, certainly one of the keys to playing in the middle division. You're not you you don't have the luxury of having sixty to seventy guys on the varsity sideline, mm-hmm. and that means you know guys have to go both ways, and some guys have to play a lot of snaps both ways. Dom mm-hmm. Kiddo does for that for you, huh? Yeah, and and another guy who uh, um, you know who's been kind of a staple for us going back to his sophomore year, pulled him up to varsity. 
Um, and then, and then last year, uh, you know, was really strong at the at the defensive back position. Played some slot, excuse me, uh, some safety, and uh, and a little bit of corner. Um, and then I started really, uh, you know, feeding him the ball uh, as our primary running back week week four, week five, and uh, really blossomed as a, as a running back. Um, so you know, expected great things from him defensively last year, which he gave us. Um, wasn't necessarily expecting offensively what he gave to us, um, but but. Uh, you know, he really fit into that role well. And so we're going to ask him again, just as many, like you said, many of the teams in our division ask, you know, some of their best players um, to do. We're going to ask him to, uh, you know, be a staple on the offensive side, on the defensive side. And then, uh, you know, these guys got to play special teams as well. You know, I just heard you talk about teams like Our Lady of the Lakes and Everest and whatnot. You know, we get grouchy sometimes. But, oh, is there <laughs> any way we can play this guy one way? I mean, you know, it's a luxury um, to, to, to be able to, to play a guy one way. So, um, yeah, he does a great job on both sides of the ball. So, And kind of wrapping up here with uh, Garrett Wenzelberger, I mean, I feel like coaches were torn last year when, when you quizzed them, you know, what they thought about the new playoff format, more so of how to get in the playoffs. I guess your, your thoughts after year one of the new rules being implemented. Yeah, you know, it, it, it... I, I think the playoff format, you know, there, there's pros and cons to everything. There's no perfect format. Um, and, uh, you know, last year, I think you know, we went six and three. So we'd have made the playoffs in the old format. Um, we made the playoffs in, in the new format, obviously. And, and uh, um, so it worked out well for us. Um, you know, I, I, I look at our first five games um, and I go, we're going to be battle tested. Um, you know, as, as a coach, you gotta, you gotta have the confidence that you can win every single game. And so, you know, I believe we can win those five games. And, and at the same time, I understand that, uh, you know, with the new playoff system, you know, you look at those teams like Notre Dame prep, those teams like Clarenceville, Southlake, Foley, um, you know, and Carlton, I think those, those are five, those are six, those are seven, those are eight, maybe even nine win teams if, if we're not able to beat them. And so, um, you know, the luxury is they're going to give you those points. Um, you know, and then I didn't even mention that the teams on the back end, those four teams, I mean, those, Cranbrook, uh, you know, they're, they're moving in the right direction as is FGR. And I know you're going to talk to coach Robinson, all those, all those teams, you know, along with Riverview. Um, and then our, our last game, you know, they're moving in the right direction. So I say all that um, for me, I look at our nine games and I go, we've got some tough, some tough teams, nine tough teams on our, on our schedule. Um, that I think are all going to have a plethora of wins. And so for me, the new playoff system, you know, I'm not concerned. I think it's going to, I think it's going to work itself out. And as long as, as we play our best, um, you know, I, I'd like to think we're going to be, you know, what is that October 23rd watching the selection show, you know, with uh, 31 other teams in division five. So. Well, Garrett, thanks so much for stopping by here today. I know we have, uh, you know, some of your games circled later on in the year that we might come out to. And if we do look forward to catching up again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me again. It's Garrett Wenzelberger over at Lutheran High North. Terrence Sims from Detroit Loyola is next after the break. Hi, my name is Braden Willis, and I'm a senior at Brother Rice High School. We recently opened our new Center for Learning and Achievement, which features programming for academic success, leadership development, innovative thinking, and character. It's an incredible springboard to becoming ready for college and for life. Come see for yourself and visit our open house on Thursday, November 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. Go to brrice.edu forward slash open house for more details. It's always a great day to be a warrior. 
Concerned about unpredictable rising college tuition costs? Siena Heights University is taking a bold step to remain affordable. The Siena Tuition Advantage Plan means more price certainty, including potentially one tuition price during your time at Siena, a Catholic university. Located in Adrian, Michigan, Siena Heights also offers scholarships in academics, athletics, and the arts. Find out what the Siena Tuition Advantage is all about today by visiting siennaheights.edu. That's the Siena Effect. Follow the Catholic League Game of the Week on Twitter at CHSL on WDTK. Now back to the CHSL Football Preview presented by Siena Heights University. Luke Hammett behind the glass here today, bumping the ones and twos. I'm Jeremy Idle. Thanks so much for tuning in to preview show number three of three here today. Rolling right along. Another guest on the line. Proud to have Terrence Sims with us now. He's the new head coach at Detroit Loyola. Coach, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Doing well. Getting ready for uh, what is a week one that's coming so fast. I'm sure the same is for you too, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming right up on us. Well, you, you've had some experience, obviously, in high school ball. You volunteered at Lawrence Tech in the last couple of years as well, and you're also the head coach and owner of a semi-pro team in the area, the Detroit Ravens. I guess what stuck out for Loyola about you to take this job? Well, I had roots at Loyola. Um, a lot of players that I played with, I played semi-pro ball. They, uh, they were Loyola alumni, so we came and worked out you know, we we were on the field, we were through the halls uh, in Loyola, even prior to me becoming a coach. So this was already home before home. And I know you were named the head coach on May 21st, so not, you know, extremely late, but at the time, you know, not a lot of off-season work to do. How how has that transition been for you, I guess? Well, uh, the first couple weeks was harder, and you know, once you catch a flow and get into a rhythm, get your schedules all down for the summer, um, you know, we're we're pretty much on track now. Uh so no excuses. We'll, you know, you got a certain amount of days before your first game and you just gotta get ready. I know you guys have a new home field this year. You'll be playing at the University of Detroit Mercy, a place where football has not been played in a very long time. Detroit Mercy obviously has some football history back in the day in college football, but uh, I guess what went into that decision for you guys? Oh, that was that was great. It's, you know, it's right down the street. Um, and Loyola is, it was in desperate need of a solid home field, just somewhere we can develop a community base around. Um, you know, we kind of been all over the place the last couple of years. So um, it was just the right fit being uh, really close. And, uh, you know, we practiced over there a couple of times. So it was the right fit. Now you'll play about four or five home games down there this year. And the schedule, there, there's not a lot of cakewalks, is there? <laughs> Oh, no. we got a good schedule. <laughs> we'll be battle-tested. Yeah, it's something that obviously the Catholic League does for you anyway, but uh, adding those in certainly helps with the, the playoff points and how that all shakes out. Um, kind of looking at this group specifically as we continue to talk with Terrence Sims over at Detroit Loyola in his first year as the head coach there. Very, you know, sophomore and junior heavy, right, in terms of the guys leading you? Yep, yep. We, uh, <clears throat> we have uh, six seniors. Uh, like I said, the rest, uh, we're, we're junior heavy and sophomore. A couple freshmen are going to get some playing times this year also. 
Daniel Kent, a guy at quarterback that will be new. Anthony Garrett, kind of a staple there the last few years. What are you looking out of Daniel? Well, this is his time. This is his, his time to make his name, to make his mark. So he's excited. You know, he was uh, on varsity last year but didn't get a whole lot of snaps. So, um, you know, we're letting him know, hey, this is your show. We're going to pretty much go as far as you can take it. Yeah, Anthony Garrett kind of opened up the throwing game for Loyola. In the past, as we talked about earlier in our show here today, you know, Loyola is one of those programs. They were run, run, run for a long time. Now looking to pass a bit more, I guess, what what is Daniel's skill set coming into play? Well, uh, he's I would say he's a uh, a pocket passer. He does, he's mobile, has the ability to run, but um, we're going to stick to the spread um, and, and kind of let him pick his poison but uh, a lot of run pass option. So Yeah, and although a new say, Oh, go ahead, coach. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I would say I would say he's uh, you know, split. He can he can run and pass. And I, I guess one thing it's one thing to have a new staff, which you guys do, but there's a few carryovers. One important spot is, you know, a, a guy that helped run the offense last year in Kevin Harris. How much of a benefit has that been to have him on staff, you think? Well, that was huge, keeping the terminology uh, the same from last year and uh, a lot of familiar faces. So so that was huge. That was one of the, the things that we wanted to make sure we sold up uh, when, when coming into this uh, job, making sure those kids were comfortable. The kids that did come from last year were just comfortable with terminology and, and uh, familiar faces. One of the uh, you know more larger players to watch for in terms of the spotlight this year, ranked in the upper echelon of players in the states by a couple rankings Dwight Bush he's a wide receiver and defensive back for you what makes him you know potentially a D1 player if he wants to Bush uh, ball skills his ability to attack the ball in the air to high point the ball he's good he's uh, deceptively fast or fast Um, he's a little quicker than you would think kind of has a stride type of run but he's a special kid Uh, you can put him on you can put him on the other team's best player or you can isolate him when we're on offense and we believe he can beat the other team's best player. Talking with Terrence Sims, the head coach at Loyola, here today on our third and final third CHSL preview show presented by Siena Heights University. Kendrick Britt, another guy who has some you know high potential. What do you like about him? Kendrick's what we call a gamer. I mean, you know, he, he has experience. He, he had a pretty good year last year. Um, he's rangy. And his versatility is, is, you know, you can put Kendrick at wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, defensive end. Um, if we needed Kendrick to play a safety, he, he could. Um, so that's his best asset, just being, uh, you know, real versatile. And certainly the, the passing game was more the story for Loyola last year, but there was also some good runs. Kamari Wright and Braylon McDonald, two returners that you're expecting to have a, a big piece in the running game. What do you want to see out of that group this year? We want them to pretty much uh, carry the load. I mean, those are two seniors. So two senior running backs that pretty much uh, helped carry the load last year. Um, so you got a little bit of both. You got a little bit of speed. It's both downhill with uh, with Braylon. And uh, Kamari is just, he's a bruiser. So uh, we're looking for them both to have big seasons. And kind of wrapping up with you guys as well, linebacker Josh Watts was a big reason why you were able to have success on defense. What makes him as good as he is? 
he's physical. Um, once he see the ball, no false steps. He's he's a downhill player, and uh, he sticks his nose in there. And you'll hear it. You'll hear him on the field when 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 he makes contact. You know, you hear pads popping. So. Yeah, one last question for uh, Taryn Sims here of Detroit Loyola here today. I, I guess, you know, if you could sum it up in, you know, a few sentences, a few words, the key to success, you know, for Loyola to, you know, have another good year. What do you think? Well, we got a little saying we can do all things together. Um, it's it's going to take, you know, a full team, coaching staff, O-line, D-line. Uh, we're going to have to play as a unit. So uh, we just got to play together stick together you know we got a tough schedule so it's going to be some some tough you know teams are going to make plays of course so it's just a matter of how we respond with us being young so i would say just sticking together uh, playing on all three phases of, of the football well terrence best of luck this year looking forward to potentially coming you guys out again throughout the season and uh, go bulldogs huh yes sir it's Terrence Sims, the head coach at Detroit Loyola. One more interview for you next is the head coach of Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard, John Robinson. He's on the line when we get back on the Patriot. There's no better time to apply to Siena Heights University. Complete our free application to find out about all the scholarship and financial aid opportunities available. We offer scholarships for academics, athletics, and the arts on our Adrian Main campus. We were also named the top-ranked online program in Michigan for four consecutive years. To learn more about our Catholic University in the Dominican tradition, please visit go.sienaheights.edu and find out what the Siena Effect can do for you. Bishop Holy Catholic is a co-ed college preparatory high school with a strong Catholic identity and long-standing traditions. Our students thrive spiritually, in the classroom, on the field, in the community. Bishop Holy Catholic is a family. We are proud of our 57 CHSL championships and 19 state championships. Go Ventures! This is the CHSL Football Preview, presented by Siena Heights University on the Patriot. Reminded to follow us on at CHSL on WDTK. Again, that's at CHSL on WDTK. Get all the latest schedule announcements, where we're going that week, and CHSL football news as well. Well, proud to have John Robinson on the line now. He's the head coach in his second year at Father Gabriel Richard out in Ann Arbor. John, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for coming on here today. I know one thing for you last year, you know, kind of tough was being hired so late. August 1st was your start date. Has it been nice to kind of settle into your number two here? Uh, basically, I feel like I'm sitting on a beach drinking a pina colada. <laughs> That's how it reflects, I feel. I mean, it's, it's night and day compared to uh, last year, to say the least. Obviously, 10 years in college for you at, at multiple Division One stops as well. What was the biggest adjustment as a head coach going into last year, you think? Uh, by far dealing with the culture shock um, from coming from college athletics to high school athletics uh, and the difference between the two. Um, but then obviously when you're dealing with college athletes, you're dealing with 18 to 23 year olds and to come to a younger age group, um, 
it was a little challenging because they definitely think a little bit differently and they're not as mature, right? So there's a little bit more issues with uh, maybe discipline or follow through. And um, it, it you kind of have to navigate those waters a little bit differently and uh, even talk to them a little bit differently. And so now that I've been here for a year and I'm in the building, um, I, I feel like from a relationship standpoint, it's a whole lot better. I feel like we've talked a lot with, you know, coaches and media this episode about, you know, offenses changing. And that was no difference for you last year as well. The team before you played wing T, you pushed them to run spread. Um, how challenging is that, I guess, to navigate through a change like that? Uh, to be honest with you, I think it actually is easier um, because when you go to a spread system, there's a lot of space. Um, and when you group things together, as long as you can teach your kids the rules and they have their base rules to go off of, they can block anything. Uh, when you run those you know, power T offenses, you can get a bunch of or array of different fronts. And teams can switch up fronts, and that can be difficult. For us, you know, when you're spread system and you, hey, you're just running zone, it doesn't matter what front they are, you're going reach left. You know what I mean? And so from that standpoint, it's not – as bad from a, a teaching standpoint, um, I think from an execution standpoint and from penalty standpoint, you're in space, you're a little bit more vulnerable uh, to those holding calls out there on the perimeter. I think that would be kind of a, a con of that system. Talking with John Robinson, the head coach at Father Gabriel Richard, I, I think I remember from last year, you know, you said you wanted to you know, kind of make this your program. You wanted to kind of set home base. Obviously, when you're in college athletics, you know, you're, you're constantly traveling. You're constantly running from program to program. You know, I, I guess year one, you know, as the Father Gabriel Richard coach, your thoughts on, on the school and, you know, where your program sits? The, we are sitting way – I, I kind of caught part of your question. I'm sorry. I kind of lost service for a, a second. Did you say something about where our program sits right now? Yes, yeah. Um, you know – with the weight room, we are we are just so much stronger and we're a little bit faster this year than we were last year. I mean, uh, you know, taking over the program, you can kind of inherent guys, and, and then on top of that, they had the COVID year, right, where they didn't really work out and lift uh, like they should have. And so now that we've been in the weight room and we've done you know speed school over the summer, our kids definitely look a little bit faster, uh, a little bit stronger. And so now it's just kind of getting them to execute what we need them to execute and then play the game that it's the way it's supposed to be played uh, and from a physical standpoint. Uh, if we can do that, I think we're going to have a little bit better success than we did last year. Well, Jimmy Kinzicki, a guy that's going to be leading the offense for you at the quarterback spot, how has he you know, kind of responded to his junior season, you think? He and a senior named Kevin Deers have had the best uh, camp um, and from a consistency standpoint and, and I'm I mean whenever your best player is the quarterback you're always going to have a chance to do some damage uh, and so we are gonna you know ultimately a lot of our team success will ride on his shoulders this year uh, and he knows that and I think that he's had some uh, off-season adversity and he's kind of rose to the challenge and he's had really a, a great off-season uh, and he's a three-sport athlete, and so we're really excited about him. And then the running back spot, I know that's a little bit by committee for you right now. you think it's going to stay that way, or are you kind of looking to hone in on one or two heading into the season? We'll find out. 
you know, I think that uh, I'm going to kind of go with three guys right now. Um, and I think that, you know, it's up to our coaching staff to put guys in the right spots and, and guys that can excel uh, based off the plays. So I think, you know, we might have a power back. We might have a scat, a little faster scat back. Um, you know, we have flexibility on that. And so just depending on, you know, who's taking care of the football and, and who's really producing are the guys that are going to get them more reps. Then on defense, who are you really looking to, to lean on there? I would say uh, Jimmy Kinzicki at safety. He's going to be, a, 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 you know, again, the quarterback of the defense back there. Um, but we only have five seniors in the entire program. So we're going to be kind of counting on some young guys again. Uh, and until people emerge, it's going to be a team effort. I know you guys have a, a little bit of a unique situation at home. Don't have lights, uh, I believe, still at Gabriel Richard. So you're playing maybe a little bit earlier than you would on a Friday night. Does that come with its own challenges as well to just get them ready and out of school and ready to go? It, it does. I mean, uh, because there's not consistency. And anything that you, anytime you don't have consistency, it's going to be a little challenging to 14 to 17 year olds. You know, so our away games will be at night at 7 o'clock. Uh, and we we play homecoming in Eastern Michigan, so that's a really cool experience for the guys. And that's at seven o'clock. But our other home games are at four, so we do have to kind of change the time up. And uh, really, uh, it's up to me as as the head football coach to lay a good culture where, hey, it doesn't matter what time we play. You know, it doesn't matter where we play. We get to play the game of football. Let's go out there and play. Um, and that's really the attitude that our guys have kind of taken on and um you know there are challenges to that but at the end of the day the other team doesn't care looking at your schedule obviously you, you play a tough schedule in the catholic high school league i feel like that's a given for everybody but uh your thoughts on what you guys have laid out there this year i think that uh every single game is a winnable game for us every single game we're going to have to compete and every single game is going to come down to a couple plays um, if if we execute and take care of the ball and can take the ball away and, and force some takeaways, I think that um, we could have a really successful season. And, and we, you know, haven't had a winning record since 2017. Uh, and so the, the guys know about that. And we have high goals and I have high expectations. And um, I am really excited because now we get to, you know, we planted some seeds and now we're going to see what they grow into. Well, John, thanks so much for – taking some time here today. I know it's a pretty busy time of the year for you as well as school starts to ramp up, but uh, best of luck in, in year two of your helm. I thank you. I appreciate it. It's John Robinson, the head coach at Father Gabriel Richard, getting ready for his second season as the head coach there. And that's pretty much it here in our third and final preview show of this year. We want to send you one final reminder to follow us on Twitter at CHSL. On WDTK. Again, that's at CHSL on WDTK. We'll have all our game announcements there. We've already told you several times what our week one matchups are, and they're an exciting one. Thursday at 6 30 for the pregame show, you'll have Catholic Central and Chippewa Valley, kind of maybe two teams in different directions. Chippewa Valley seems like is always challenging for a state title in Division One. CC is as well, but they're in, in kind of a bridge year, as we've talked about. So could go one way or another. Some of these young guys could step up or they could struggle, but I, I could see them having another solid year as well and making it into the playoffs and winning some of those very competitive games in the Central Division. And on the other side, you have a new regime as well for Riverview. Gabriel Richard will cover them 
on Friday as they travel to the island of Gros Isle as well. That's a 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock kickoff for that one. We talked to Deontay Allen, I believe, on episode two. You can rewind it on PatriotDetroit.com in our podcast section of things. But he's very excited about what he's going to bring to this program. He also has a background in winning football over at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. He was coaching under George Porritt in his last couple seasons at Orchard Lake as well. So I'm enthused to see what that Richard team can do. It's been their third coach in as many years after Tom Michelson left last year to go to Garden City. But it's going to be a really interesting time, I think, for them. And Grosseal for Gabriel Richard Riverview has been a very competitive game. It's been a game that has gone down to the wire the last couple of years. So we're excited to go out that out there. We're excited to you know kind of look and break down the schedule a little bit further. We have a little bit more of an idea of what we're doing, I think, ahead of time than we normally do. But week by week, we'll release those games, and there's some really good ones, especially week two, week three. There's some games you also want to circle besides what we're covering week one. So we look forward to you to tuning in on FM 101.5, AM 1400, and PatriotDetroit.com. And going along for the ride with us. Big thanks to Siena Heights University for their sponsorship of this whole thing, making this happen for, I think, the fourth year in a row now. This the second year of our three-show three show format, which I think works really well to talk to all these different coaches and media personalities that follow Catholic High School League football. And we will see you next Thursday, once again, 6.30 for the pregame show as Chippewa Valley will travel to Catholic Central in Novi for a huge Week one game on the Patriot. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's CHSL football preview presented by Siena Heights University. Patriot Detroit's Catholic High School League football season preview continues next Friday at 7. Follow the Catholic League Game of the Week on Twitter at CHSL on WDTK. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.